Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 18 of Namaste Bitches podcast. It was pointed out to me by a friend, Chris McFarlane, in fact, that I often start these by apologizing that uh, it hasn't come out on time, and uh, I'm not going to apologize. I will say there was a scheduling conflict, but I apologize for nothing. This episode has guest Tom Watts on. He is a good friend of mine who lives with me. He uh, he even kisses me on the mouth sometimes. He's he's my boyfriend, uh, and my boyfriend as the guest on the podcast. But he's a avid gym goer and uh, really into health and fitness. And I think he had some really interesting things to say. So let's get right into it. This is Tom Watts. All right, for some reason, uh, my equipment is being funny, so this is the third time we've tried to do this. One more time, Tom Watts, what is your piece of advice? My piece of advice would be to have a go and work towards it and stick to it. And it's got to be something that you want, like really want. So uh, as as we were saying, as I asked earlier, um, do you feel like a lot of people set goals but they don't really want it? Um, yeah, I don't know if it's necessary because people don't really want it. I think it, but if you set a goal, you kind of get like a reward from it. Like you get a sort of a sense of accomplishment just from setting a goal. Mm. And it's kind of easy to work towards something at first and then let it slip. But if you, if you want to work towards something, whether it's fitness or whatever, you have to set your goal that you want to achieve and work towards it and you have to want it. And it, mm. it needs to be high on your pri- list of priorities of what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, give an example of this in your own life. Okay, so my current goal fitness-wise is I'm working towards a 180 kilo deadlift. And that's kind of my driving force between going to the gym every day or three. So, just so we know, 180 kilos, that's what? That's 260-ish pounds? I mean, who cares? (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I'll I'll do the math, uh, people listening, and I'll come back to you. Uh, it's four plates. It's four plates. That's, that makes that means nothing to me. Um, but uh, why why do you care that y- if you can deadlift 180 kilos? Um, okay, so all right, we're, to, to start the story, we might have to go back a little bit. So about four <laughs> years ago, when Tom was a little child. So yeah, let's start like David Caulfield. Okay. So anyway, yeah. So about, I don't know, three or four years ago, um, I just recovered from a broken neck. And my first day back snowboarding, I completely fucked up a jump and smashed my arm to pieces, like, so badly that I nearly lost it. Um, and after about three months in a cast and some rehabilitation, I went... Just fun fact, Tom has a bionic arm because it's full of pins and plates and... Right? Yeah, I'm pretty much Wolverine. Yeah, pretty it's, much. Yeah. All right, go on. Um, where were we? Uh, you, <laughs> I got sidetracked uh, sm- on being Wolverine. You <laughs> smashed your arms to pieces. And after a bunch of rehabilitation and uh, being in a cast forever. Yeah. Go. So I've kind of, I've always gone to the gym, but just kind of fucked about and not really got anywhere with it. Mm-hmm. Just like, oh, just going to the gym's enough and never made any progress. But after I broke my arm, I went back to the gym and... I could just about pick up two kilograms with my left arm. Like, it was so weak. That's about four pounds. Go on. Thanks. Keep these fact checks coming in. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so I kind of... That's when I took going to the gym more seriously Mm -hmm. and started working towards 
ago so that's when I started deadlifting and I was kind of like I got up to 120 kilos and I was feeling pretty pleased with myself um, and then I went on holiday to Ayanapa um, with a bunch of lads mates mm-hmm. and uh, one of my mates Craig who's in the navy and as you'd expect is pretty fit casually mentioned that he was deadlifting 180 um, and at that point I kind of like yeah, it sort of sunk. Well, I don't know, it kind of like sunk in for me that maybe 120 kilos wasn't actually that much, and that what I really needed to do was lift 180 kilos. And it's kind of like. And that was four years ago. Uh, four years ago, maybe yeah. Okay. Three, maybe three or four. Okay. Um, yeah, so that was kind of my motivation. I, I kind of. I don't know where I'm going with this. So. Um... Four years ago, your friend said he could lift 180 kilos, and then you were like, I need to lift 180 kilos. Have you been working towards that consistently for four years? No. No. So <laughs> uh, so you didn't, before you didn't set the goal, you just kind of wanted it. Yeah, I kind of, I wanted it. And I sort of went back to the gym, and I was kind of training more seriously, but not really like... I was kind of bouncing from program to program and not really being very consistent and my results kind of reflected that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then about two years ago, I started working on it seriously. So going to the gym like regularly and I got up to 150 and then I kind of, it was such a big milestone for me mm-hmm. that it really, I just left, like went off the boil completely and then just sort of basically stopped really wanting it. So you were like, I got more than I ever wanted, not the goal, but still counts. Yeah, basically. And then kind of I hit that and then that's it sort of my priority shifted. And then what I wanted wasn't really a 180 kilo deadlift. So then I wasn't doing the work towards it. So it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. And then after about a year of sort of, I don't know, going to the gym, maybe once a week, if I was lucky, um, the beginning of this year end of last year I kind of I focused back on it and it was like this is what I want like turning 30 I'm having a crisis I need some sort of achievement <laughs> so it really focused me back on going to the gym and getting a good routine sticking to it and then I mean my deadlifts had dropped back down to about 100 so then I've worked my way back up to 100 because you weren't going to the gym consistently yeah it right. was just I mean it just wasted away so like that kind of that's hard on the ego I feel like that's harder than starting from nothing as because I took a yoga class for the first time in like two months and I used to be crazy mad flexible. Like I competed at one time in uh, championships and stuff and like I could barely bring my foot up over my head, which doesn't oh, sound like, <laughs> <laughs> but I used to be able to do it with such ease. It's just what I'm saying is when you, when you start from scratch and everything's new, it's exciting. So everything is a, is an accomplishment but i feel like when you get to a certain level and then you drop way back down that is far that is much harder on your ego it is for me anyways i don't know if you feel the same i mean it sucked but like i'm i'm quite manic when it comes to like work or gym or anything like i'm very all or nothing so mm. once i've set my mind to it it didn't really bother me that much i mean it sucked but i was kind of I was making good progress, so like I was tracking my lifts every time I went to the gym, writing down. <laughs> Tom's smiling because he's really mad that I don't write down. My, I know, I, I know how much is my personal best. 
Do you know what it was four weeks ago? No, but I know <laughs> the heaviest I've ever lifted. All right, anyway, what were we saying? Uh, you were talking about uh, you're tracking your lifts and you're going to the gym regularly. Yeah, so I've kind of, because my goal is back to 180 and it's what I really want, that's what I'm working towards. Mm-hmm. So, like, that is really how my list of priorities and what I do. So when I, like, set out a daily schedule, going to the gym is, like, a, a number one priority in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you factor in what you eat as well? Yeah, I kind of, um, I mean, generally eat quite healthy, but like eating a bit more than I normally would to sort of keep my progress going. But then kind of sort of watching yourself put on a little bit of weight that you don't really want. But my kind of, normally I'd cut at that point. And trim back For down people who might not know what all your fancy gym and weightlifting terms are, explain what cutting is. Uh, cutting's basically just dieting. So, I mean, it's it's probably quite an unhealthy bodybuilding habit. But you kind of, when you're bulking, you're just eating. So, mm-hmm. I mean, like, if you've got like a surplus of calories, it kind of it helps in the gym, and it sort of you know you've got more energy to lift and you'll make more progress whereas i mean yeah because you're growing yeah but cuttings when you go on like a calorie restricted diet so you're cutting fat out so that you look better basically so you've got less body fat but your lifts will suffer because you're not eating enough Mm -hmm. so at this point where i am at the moment i'd probably be tempted to cut back down to a, a body fat percentage that i'm more happy with but my overall goal is that deadlift so i'm just kind of working towards that so will you start to cut once you reach 180 kilo? Uh, yeah, probably. Here's my question. If you're working so hard to get to 180 kilos and then you start cutting, are you going to lose that lift? Uh, yeah, it'll probably go down a bit. Isn't that frustrating? Um, not really, because it's kind of... For me, it's more about reaching the goal. Okay. And... I'm not going to stop at 180, so I'll cut back down to, like, where I'm comfortable, and then I'll carry on going up again. I'm doing it with my hands. You can't really see that. Yeah. <laughs> good Good job. Good job. <laughs> this is radio. Just remember. I this know, is radio. I'm just used to filming. So what, um, what, what does your gym routine look like? Because I feel like whenever people talk about their goals for exercise, they explain their goals, but... As someone who listens to a lot of health and wellness podcasts, I'm like, yeah, but what are you doing? Like, what? how do you work towards it? Because you're not just doing deadlifts every day, 24-7. No. Well, I'm doing, I'm doing like, a pretty standard, like, bro split. As it's What's called. a bro split? Bro split is kind of like a bodybuilding routine, but it's like a push-pull. So, one day I'll do, like, chest and triceps. That's a pull routine. So, I do, like, bench press um then incline ding decline and then mm. triceps and then the next day i'll do legs and shoulders so that's squats snapchats snapchats are clean <laughs> that we both call that we both call snapchats yes yeah, so that's a clean front squat um and then the next day i'll do back so that'd be deadlifts bent over rows biceps and then anything that goes along with that mm-hmm. and then i'll do like do those in a row then take a day off then do them again and then I do a five by five routine, so all the compound lists. So 
uh, bench, squat and deadlift. I'll do five sets of five. And mm. then once I can get five sets of five on the current weight, I'll up the rate, the weight by five kilos. Mm-hmm. And it's, I've seen the most progress doing this out of anything. So it's kind of, it's, I mean, it's taken me about four years to fit, like find the right routine mm-hmm. that I can make solid progress with. And it's, yeah, it's five by five one. So you, when you set the goal four years ago, it took a lot of um, figuring it out before you could get there, or did other things get in the way? Was it? What, have you spent the time finding, solving the puzzle of what works for you, or? Yeah, it's kind of mixed goals as well. It was sort of like I wanted to get a one eighty deadlift, but it wasn't the most important thing I wanted. Like I was just kind of going to the gym for the sake of going to the gym and hoping that one eighty deadlift would happen. And it's, it hasn't been until this year when I've really put that as my priority that it is happening. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it hasn't, ha- it's, I've spent three years not doing it because it's not what I was focused on. It's what I wanted, but it wasn't what I really wanted enough to make that my priority. Yeah. You, you touched on something right there that uh, resonated with me when you said you were just going to the gym without any focus and you were just going to the gym. At one point, I was talking to, this was back when I taught yoga all the time, and I was talking to a student, and she was having trouble with her fitness goals, and she was like, and I go to the gym every day for two hours, and in my head, I was like, oh, you must be doing the gym wrong, because that's such a long time to be working out and not see an improvement. Yeah, I mean, I'll probably go to the gym for about an hour at a time, and seeing really good improvement, but I mean, if you're not pushing yourself or like if you haven't got a good routine you mean you could spend five hours in the gym and you just lose weight (laughs) you're not going to get anywhere yeah we'll get back to tom in just a second but before we do i just wanted to give a huge congratulations to everyone who is doing the healthy eating challenge on namaste bitches podcast facebook group when this comes out we'll be on day six And um, I just find it really inspiring um, what everyone's putting out there. Bernie and Rick, thank you so much for sharing the chicken recipe with me. And I like how Ted said he felt like buying a pizza but got a salad for lunch and said, good for you. People are making really beautiful things. Uh, Lucy and uh, Alexa are cooking a lot. I I I just like seeing what people eat. Um, Allie is, uh, you know, doing awesome things. And I think Hannah is doing such a good job at maintaining her low carb goals. And she took a very sexy picture of some chicken and cottage cheese with vegetables. It's very sexy. But, uh, yeah, I think everyone is doing such an awesome job and keep it up. And thank you so much for inspiring me and helping keep me on track because just the fact that we have to take a picture of one meal a day has kept me being more aware of everything I eat through the day. I don't know if that's what's happening with you guys, but that's definitely what I've noticed. And I really appreciate it. So thank you. Um, If you're having a good time and you want to extend the challenge or you have other suggestions for simple health challenges we could do, write about it on the Facebook group. Tell me what you think. Maybe we can do one shortly after this one. Maybe we could extend this one. What do you think? And of course, If you know someone who might enjoy this podcast or enjoy the things that happen on the Facebook group, encourage them to join 
the Facebook group and sign up for the podcast and uh, yeah, we'll get a little movement going. Like I always say, of us doing healthy things a little one, a little bit one day at a time. Um, but yeah, I think it's really great that everyone's doing such awesome work. And thank you so much for inspiring me and keeping me honest. And yeah, let's get back to the podcast. So you are, uh, you're a pretty fit dude, Tom Watts. Uh, uh, you're a pretty, uh, muscular gentleman. Do you, were you always, uh, I know the answer to this, but, <laughs> but have you always been, have you always been into weightlifting and have you always put fitness, uh, as a priority in your life? Um, I mean, I've always been like reasonably fit, but like up until the age of about, I don't know, I'd say 24. I mean, I was a complete streak of piss. Like I had no muscle at all. That is <laughs> such a British way to say it. You were a, you were a sinewy gentleman. Like, I, I basically looked anorexic. Like, I was really, really... I mean, I didn't have, have any strength. So, I, like, I was always skinny growing up. Mm-hmm. And through school, I was always very skinny. Um, and then me and my friends used to just go skating all the time. So, it'd be, you know, like, skate... I mean, we might skate five hours a day and not really eat properly. So, like, I mean, we, and none, there weren't really any of us in our group that were kind of muscly until we sort of like got to college when a couple of like a couple of us sort of got a little bit into it mm-hmm. but I was sort of like always skating and surfing and just I mean I didn't touch a gym until I was about 23 I think mm-hmm. so and then I've kind of I've gone from really really skinny um and then while I was at uni uh going out of my mind in my last year I basically had a diet of coke and chocolate and i put on about when you say coke you mean coca-cola by the way yeah okay no i I think i'd probably if i was just having coke every day (laughs) waste away but you were eating um uh, my diet was horrible chocolate and then you put on a bunch of weight is that like i put on about three stone yeah like over the course of a few months Mm -hmm. so I, i went from being really skinny to just like basically skinny fat where like i didn't have any muscle but i was i put on a load of fat mm um and I sort of I kind of got to a point where I wasn't really happy with how I looked so that's when I sort of started going to the gym but I didn't really know what I was doing and I was just sort of had like I change routine every month and never make any progress so I've, I mean I've wasted god knows how god knows how many years just like yeah just going to the gym for the sake of going to the gym and hoping something would happen just a waste of years I want to call it a waste because you're figuring out how the gym works for you yeah, I mean, there's, like, been lessons learned, but it, like, if I was going to the gym as I am now, back then, I mean, it's always easy to say with hindsight, like, I'd be in a very different, like, place. Right. But I wouldn't But you're known. in a pretty good place right now, would you say? Mm, yeah. You're just never happy, man. No. Is I mean, the I, th- is, like, I think you need a hug. The more you go to the gym, the more you realize that you're never going to be big enough. Is that your your want to be super, super big? Like, do you want to look like The Rock? I mean, who doesn't want to look like The Rock? I don't want to look like The Rock. I wish you looked like The Rock. <laughs> <laughs> um, in full disclosure, Tom is my boyfriend. And so, uh, yeah, okay, I'll get to that. I'll try to be a foot taller. And that, like, hmm. Uh, so... Once you get to 180, do you think you'll be satisfied or do you think you'll just keep going and going and going? Um, 
I think once I get to 180, I'll realise that what I actually really wanted to do was get to 220. She's never happy, are no. you? Just gotta keep, gotta keep going. I mean, for me, it's not about being big either. I just kind of like it's about being strong. Yeah, being strong. Like, and I, I like I prefer I prefer sort of like rugby player physique than like a bodybuilder physique. So someone who's like you're big because you're strong, not just because. I mean, bodybuilders are strong, but it's different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, as someone who um, you're a, a pretty buff fit guy now, although I know you can't do 180 kilo de- deadlift no, yet. 160. Hey, I think that's amazing. Um, but uh, you're a buff dude now, and but you used to be uh, a bit skinny, and then for a while you got a bit pudgy. Do people just assume you looked like this all the time? Um, I don't know. I've never really asked, to be honest. Like, my friends who I've... I mean, my group of friends I've been friends with since we were, like, 14, so yeah. they all know. But, yeah, the, I don't know. Because I just... I see you actively working towards your fitness goals on a regular basis. And um, I think sometimes when people look at someone from the outside, they don't see the work they're putting in. They just assume, like, oh... Uh, Tom uh, is a lean, muscly guy because that's just how he's built. Like, that's like they're like, oh, that's his genetics. That's not because he's going to the gym. You you go to the gym three times a week, right? Um, three at minimum, but like six ideally. Okay, cool. Continue. What was the question? The question was, <laughs> uh. Do you ever feel like people just see your physique and don't see the work, and they just assume that that's what? Um, this I, is the thing this, is like this I, I question has an has a um, ulterior motive. I know people have said this to you because you've told me this. Really? Yeah. Because that's the thing. Like, I wouldn't see myself as someone that I would look at and think that that's someone who's like buff. Yeah, but so. you are. I've seen you don't, <laughs> you're. I mean. Let help me help you, darling. That's what I was trying to go with. <laughs> um, there's been times where I think you've told me that you've had uh, friends or family just be like, "Well, you know, uh, like yeah. you can eat whatever you want, yeah, yeah. or you know, you that's fine because you're like a slim fit dude, and you're like, that's because I eat in moderation and I work out on the regular yeah, basis. Yeah, I mean, like I do watch my diet really carefully. Like I, I like food. I would quite happily just eat until i'm completely obese but i would be also really self-hating at that point Mm -hmm. so like i for my own well-being i watch my diet but i think for other people it's it's easy to make excuses for yourself projected onto other people so if someone's not in shape or they are overweight or they're underweight or whatever it's it's kind of like an easy escape for yourself to say, yeah, but that's just how they are. Mm-hmm. It's not like that's then it's not, they're not seeing it. They're refusing to see it for whatever reason. And it's, it's kind of a, a just a, a get out clause for themselves. Does that frustrate you ever? Um, honestly, I don't really care. Like if it was a friend or a family that was doing that, I would point it out. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if it's just someone on the street, I, I really don't care. Yeah. Have do you ever um, do you ever reach out to uh, your friends or family to help them out when they get a little confused or lost with? Um, I went to the gym with my sister and brother-in-law last week, 
because um, they they both started going to the gym. My my sister's like, in I mean she looks great. Yeah, uh, she's in good shape, and her husband eats my, really well. Yeah, like they're super like health conscious with food. And my brother in law is an electrician, so he's, I mean he's strong at what he does in his job. I mean he might not be able to bench very much, but he could do whatever he does electrician wise that I couldn't do like whatever strength that involves like carrying crap around or whatever mm-hmm. so they said they went to the gym and like I think the problem is like most people who go to the gym aren't serious about it mm-hmm. and so personal trainers know that so they both got like a personal trainer session and they just gave them some bullshit routine on like the machines and they've been going for like a couple of months now and I sort of like I had a word with them just like look you're not going to make any progress they haven't made any progress so I went to the gym with them both and basically gave them my routine. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see how that goes. But it's, I mean, I know because it's what I've done that you can't just go about and fuck about on cable machines because you'll never get anywhere. Right. Do you actually like going to the gym? Because I feel like so many people go, but they don't find any joy in it. Um, and that makes it hard to stick to your goals and stay on what you want if you don't enjoy it. I feel like people look like a gym, the gym is a means to an end or almost a punishment in their day i think like not with, everyone but a lot of people <laughs> with the the more i go the more i enjoy it. like if i don't go to the gym for a week for whatever reason i'll really drag my heels to get into it but once i get back into it it's easier to go and i think it's like as i was saying about discipline and motivation it's sort of like i mean motivation's fickle like you might feel motivated to go to the gym one day but not the other but what you should really be doing is cultivating discipline and then once you get disciplined with it, then it's easier to go. That's really true in all facets of life, isn't it? Like whenever I'm writing on a daily basis, it's so easy to just be like, all right, I'm going to get up and I'm going to write today. Like when I was doing that daily blog. And then as soon as I'm not writing for a week, it makes it so much harder to start again. I kind of like I find the gym sort of like um, sort of meditative 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 yeah i like it's sort of where i go to think as well Mm because it's like my brain never really stops and it it gets a bit overwhelming when you're just trying to get on with something so if i'm doing the gym where i'm doing something that's physically intensive it gives me space to think Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like i it's i find it relaxing to go to the gym as well oh wonderful so i i sort of asked you earlier what you eat and you said i eat pretty healthy but i just want uh, listeners to get a scope of when you're going for these types of lifts like you have a healthy diet but I wouldn't say you have a restrictive diet other than you eat the same three things every day <laughs> um I mean okay what do you wake up in the morning and have if you, if you don't know I know the answers to all of these okay so like I'll start the day with probably like half a chocolate gato just so I've got enough energy <laughs> for the gym that's not true. <laughs> That's not what he does. If you do, where do you keep the gato? This isn't fair. I haven't gotten any. Uh, no, so like, um, I mean, the most important meal of the day is the cup of tea you have when you get up. So that's what you start with. I start with coffee. I know, but that's because you don't know any better and you're from the colonies. <laughs> so you start with your cup of coffee and your Union Jack mug. <laughs> and then you have oats. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah, so you eat oatmeal every morning. Porridge. Porridge. <laughs> eat porridge every morning. Okay. Um, yeah, and generally I don't snack either, so I'll just try and stick to meals because it's, I mean, it, I, I find it's 
a lot harder to keep track of what I'm eating if I'm snacking. So I'll just generally stick to three meals. So I have porridge for breakfast. Then for lunch, I'll have like eggs on toast or macaron toast or, well, I don't know, like eggs, tuna and avocado or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then for dinner, some sort of tomato-based pasta. Yeah. Usually. <laughs> so you incorporate a good amount of carbs into your diet as of right now because you're not cutting if i was cutting i'd just i'd generally i'd pretty much take out carbs i mean i'm not pointing that out as in a carbs are unhealthy thing but i think some people get a little nervous about eating carbs right now because no one knows what to do yeah that's i mean I, i won't if there's something i want to eat i'll eat it as well but like like i don't because I don't really eat too much junk food, I don't crave it, so I don't really want pizzas and stuff. Mm-hmm. But like, if I if we go out for a meal, I'll, I'll go out and have a meal and a dessert and a few drinks. But I will I'll balance it out throughout the week, so I I just ease off a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, how long did it take you? Was that a habit you had to create for yourself, or was it just pretty simple? Um, it's kind of a habit I had to create for myself when because I, I did a, a season snowboarding. Um, and that's when I came, that's when I was, was at my heaviest. I was like pushing 14 stone mm-hmm. and I sort of wasn't really happy with it. I feel I like I need a measurement converter in front of me while we talk. Cause I have no clue what that means. I'll figure it out later. Go it on. It has 14 pounds in a stone. So. Okay. So okay. 14 times 14. <laughs> anyway. 16 <laughs> and carry the two. <laughs> it's a uh, 200 and, uh, is it 216 pounds? Sure, why not? <laughs> uh, I'll figure it out later. Anyway, yeah, so then I came back from my season and I was a bit pudgy. I didn't really like it. So then I just, I went on a basically a no carb, no sugar diet mm-hmm. and cut down way too much. I got down to about 11 stone. Or like, maybe 11 and a half stone. Like a supermodel. So, yeah, and I didn't have any muscle either. So I just kind of looked ill. <laughs> But it's kind of yeah, what I what I I learned from that mm-hmm. about how much I need to eat and cut to be a healthy weight. And I mean, at the moment, I'm basically sitting on seventy five kilos. Right. Seventy six. I mean, it's, that's how much you weigh. Yeah. Okay. I don't know what that is in stone though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the gym just says kilos, so that's what we're going with. You weigh yourself at the gym? Yeah. You know we have a scale here, right? Yeah, but I weigh myself at the same time every day. Because I go to the gym at the same time every day. And I always weigh myself after my workout. Okay. All right, darling. However you want to do it. I mean, that's how I do it. Okay. (laughs) Good for you. (laughs) Um, What was I going to ask next? Uh, Yeah, so it... I feel like watching you work out and watching you eat, you're pretty good at intuitive eating. Like, you don't... It doesn't seem to confuse or baffle you that much. Food... Food still confuses I mean, you me. you put it in your mouth and eat it. <laughs> well, you start as, rubbing it on your face. as far as like eating the right things and eating the things that you need to fuel your body and uh, meet your goals. I think if you're paying attention to how you feel and where your body's at when you eat, you like I know when I'm eating too much because it like I, I don't feel right. Right. And I I know if I'm cutting, like I I kind of know about what I need to eat. Mm-hmm. Do you did you figure that out all on your own or did you read a book? I know that sounds like a stupid question, but a lot of people take a while to figure that out. Yeah, I guess I just figured it out from sort of trial and error and what I was doing and yeah. sort of seeing what happened when I 
ate too much pasta and what happened when I cut out carbs, I guess. It's just, yeah. Mm. Make it sound so easy sometimes. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Say what? I think it is. Well, I I mean, I guess you, it's all part you of, like, figured out you a want, way though, to simplify. Like, yeah. Like, my fitness goals are quite, have always been quite high on my priorities. Like, yeah. with regards to, like, weight as well. So, I might want to eat a chocolate cake, but I don't want to eat a chocolate cake more than I want to be in shape. So, that, like, my end goal is more important than, like, an immediate goal of just having some chocolate cake. Yeah. Oh, you put it so simply. Well, I mean, it, it just comes down to what you want. Like, yeah. do you really, like, for me, I really want, I want this 180 deadlift. I want to be in shape. Right. So, but that's not everyone's priority. Some people just want to eat what they want. That's their priority. Um, I really find it both silly and fresh. Tom is literally massaging my shoulders as I talk about talking to him. Um, the best bit when you talk about <laughs> <laughs> Sweet man, thank you. Um, but I really find it both uh, frustrating and really inspiring when Tom talks about moderating his food, and I'm like, D- "Do you have to read a? Did you read a book about it?" And he's like, "No, it's just easy to figure out what I should and shouldn't eat." Because that is something that I really struggle with: is eating in moderation and eating the correct things. And he's just like, "No, I'd rather be able to lift weights more than I want." The chocolate ghetto that I hide in the apartment and has never shared with Abby. You seriously? You had a bag of buttons in the apartment? Yeah. <laughs> you dick. Oh, yeah? And you hid them from me? Or you just didn't share them with me? You know what? I'm going to finish this and then we'll have a fight about that, okay? But what I was going to say is in this next bit, Tom and I talk about uh, our upcoming Tough Mudder together because we love doing things together like Tough Mudders. And one time we went to CrossFit, Tom almost threw up because he's a pussy. But, um, okay, I might be a little mean towards my guest now because he's apparently hiding chocolate from me in the house. Let's get back to the podcast. I'm going to go find the chocolate. In two weeks' time... You and I are running a Tough Mudder. Yes. How do you feel about that? Um, like, my main problem with this <laughs> Tough Mudder... We did one once before, and then immediately, in the euphoria of just doing a Tough Mudder... If you're ever going to sign up for something after you've just done it, give yourself a cooling-off period. <laughs> okay, here's how we sign up. Basically, Tom saw me run a marathon... And I think the next day you were like, let's do a Tough Mudder together because you don't want to do a marathon. And then directly after we did the Tough Mudder together, we signed up for another one. Yeah. So, I mean, the t- it was loads of fun. It was really good. Um, and I wouldn't advise drinking before or afterwards too much. We did. We we ran it with some friends. So we got a little sloppy with our, <laughs> our pre, pre-run food day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like my main, the main reason I'm not super excited about doing another Tough Mudder is because it's not super warm at the moment and it was quite hot last time and the skip of ice water really fucking sucks. Like it's so cold and that's kind of the only thing putting me off is just how shit that was. You know, we could skip the skip of ice 
in a during always, a tough mutter at I would one just point be disappointed in myself for the rest of my life if I did that <laughs> well you do hold yourself to a very high standard um how did you like doing the first one yeah it was good fun because I feel like people have a lot of mixed uh uh feelings about tough mutters after we did the first one my mother sent me uh, she had just read uh, articles how people have, like, died doing them. You have she, to just, like... I don't even know how you kill yourself during a Tough Mudder. Well, I think someone... the guy who broke his neck and smashed his arm. Yeah, but not during a <laughs> Tough Mudder, by the way. Well, I think... I didn't read the story because I, I just it was very upsetting. Uh, but I think someone uh, either thought water wasn't as deep as it was. I think someone couldn't swim, is I think what happened. Right. But I don't, I don't know. So yeah, people will have to do the googling on their own because I'm not that. Those kind of stories really upset me, so I don't read them. Um, but um, this, I think like the thing about Tough Mudder is it's not that bad. Like it's got like this reputation for being like really extreme, and I think it's if someone's done a Tough Mudder, it's in their interest to tell everyone how hardcore it was. Yeah. But like I, like I'm not. I don't. I avoid running it every turn in my entire life like the furthest i'd ever run before i did a tough mudder was two miles and, and that was on like, a treadmill yeah oh we, no we did a run together. and then we did a run which was like four miles or something yeah that was like up until that point that was the furthest i've ever run so like i mean because you kind of like i think the furthest you run in the tough mud is probably like three miles and then you get breaks for all the obstacles yeah so yeah they're not that bad um so you're mostly worried about weather do you feel like you're as... I don't really like being cold and wet. Well, you're... <laughs> it just sums up a It's tough really mutter. nice out today. It might be nice when we do the Tough Mudder. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, it could be. We don't know. But do you feel like you're at the fitness level you want to be at to do it a second time around? Um, I don't know. I was definitely fitter last time, like, cardiovascular-wise. Like, we went for our first... Well, I went for my first run since the last Tough Mudder yesterday. Yeah. Did, like, three miles. Which wasn't too bad, but it was quite a slow pace. Yeah, because I had just done a bunch of front squats, and I was like, my legs cannot freaking run right now. Um, yeah, see, I've come from the opposite. I am in much better shape this time around than I was the first time we ran the Tough Mudder, but I'm not at the shape I wanted to be at. Like, I wanted to have a little more upper body strength than I do. Um, and I definitely have more than, like I said, the first time, because we basically ran the last Tough Mudder right after the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, where I did nothing to help my fitness at all for a month. And then we went and did a Tough Mudder. So that was a bit rough for me. Yes. <laughs> are you going to comment or are you just... I mean, that's basically what happens. Yeah. So I'm really excited about this one. Yeah. I want you to be excited with me. Yeah. <laughs> maybe you could just pretend to be excited about it sure <laughs> i don't believe you at all i don't know that would be fine when it's on i just I, yeah i just don't want to be cold and wet maybe we won't be we don't know it's in two weeks we can't we can't check the weather now because even if we did the weather forecast would be wrong I mean, in e- either way, we'll be cold and wet. Now I just feel like I'm giving you a pep talk. We'll be cold and wet even if it's sunny out because it's a tough mudder, so we'll be running through mud a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll get green headbands at the end of it. Yeah, we can, like, fully join the cult and have all the Kool-Aid. Yeah. They literally give you Kool-Aid before you do the tough mudder. 
Like, that's a thing that they give you. And you're just like, oh, this is a cult. Yes, but I think people take it way too seriously. Some people really do, yeah. But it's, I, I don't know, it's just a fun, different thing to do on a, on a weekend. It helps with, like, the, just the soul-crushingness of living in a city. <laughs> yeah, uh, my brother kind of makes fun of me for doing all these things because he lives out in the country. Like, he lives in Colorado, and he's surrounded by nature, so he just goes, like, uh, hiking and, and kayaking and mountain biking all the time. And one time I was like, you should totally try CrossFit. And he was like, I would if I was a city dweller. But I don't need to. And I was well, like, oh, I think, okay. like, when you live in the city, you don't really need to hunt for food or anything like that anymore. You just go to the Whole Foods across the road. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like just trying to keep some sort of semblance of being a human. Mm-hmm. It, it just brings you back to your roots. Is that what you mean? Basically. I think that's why people are into it. Yeah, I guess so. That makes sense. Um, so your piece of advice with have a goal and uh, work towards it. Are there other ways you're implementing that into your life other than um, lifting 180 kilo deadlift? Um, well, I'm a filmmaker. Yeah. So I kind of use it in that. But I'm quite manic in that. I mean, I'm, yeah, I've got like a quite a manic workflow and I'm on a bit of a streak at the moment. So I'm just sort of relentlessly doing 360 stuff. Um, when you got your 360 camera, were you nervous that the content it produced wouldn't be exactly what you wanted. Basically, you got a camera right when it came out on the market. Yeah. Um, it's kind of, it's new technology, so it's sort of still in its infancy, so it's not going to be as good as it will be, so you've got to kind of bear that in mind. But, I mean, I'm pretty happy with some of the stuff I've shot. What kind of stuff are you shooting? Shooting little planets. <laughs> Explain what a little planet is. Uh, just it's it's a way of shooting and like manipulating it in post production to make like a scene you shot look like a little planet. Mm-hmm. Basically, check it out on YouTube. It looks sick. Where do they Where do they go to check that sort of thing out? You go to Ravencourt Films on YouTube. Yeah. Um, Search little planets, maybe tiny planets. I can't remember what I called them. Tiny planets or little planets? Tiny planets. Yeah. Yeah. Um, would, do you ever find it frustrating? I think I might have asked this earlier, but do you ever find it frustrating when you see people set goals in your life that are your friends or family and they have trouble working towards them? Uh, yeah, that can be frustrating. If it's people who care about, then yeah, it can be. Yeah. So what kind of advice? So we're doing a Tough mutter in two weeks. Uh, what type of advice would you give me to help my upper body strength? Train? <laughs> yeah, but specifically, uh, what type of things would you recommend one does? Uh, for a tough mother, just pull-ups. Like, everything's just... All the upper body stuff's just... Yeah, you got to pull yourself up constantly, and there's, like, walls to climb over and monkey bars and shit like that. So it's all pull-up strength. Okay, but if they can't do a pull-up on you... Then you're fucked. You're going to get wet. (laughs) (laughs) Or find someone to help you over. Yeah, that's why you're doing it with me. Yeah. You don't, you don't seem as enthused as, as I am about it. Yeah. 
As you can tell from our conversation, I am super excited to do Tough Mudder again, and Tom uh, really wants to get out of it. But I will not let him get out of it because you, when you set a goal, you have to you have to work towards it and stick to it, like Tom said we should. Um, but no, it'll be a good time, and I'm really looking forward to it. Um, just so you guys know, I'm starting a monthly newsletter. If you want to hear more from me about uh, gigs I do, about the podcast, about any blogs I write, just general information and general silliness, if you go to abigailia.com slash contact, you can sign up for the newsletter, and it'll give you updates with things about me, really. And I will be highlighting one awesome person each month. Because then I feel less weird about being like, me, 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 me. Uh, which is basically what a newsletter is, I'm pretty sure. But, um, alright, let's get back to this last bit of the podcast with Tom Watts. Uh, one thing, Tom and I moved in together uh, two months ago now. A month and a half ago. We started living together. And it's been interesting... Uh, living with you because like I said you're so goal oriented and um, because I haven't lived with anyone in a while no one's ever no one's around to see me not (laughs) make my goals like last night I went out with uh, some pals of mine and wound up having uh, more drinks than I meant to have and then this morning you were like, you've actually had a lot to drink this week. And I hadn't really thought about it, but I was like, oh yeah, I have. But I just kind of, it was just because it, it was a week where I just happened to go out and see a lot of friends. So, <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, it's just, uh, it's interesting, uh, living with someone who, uh, is just, will just lay it out there and be like, well, I, when I'm like, I don't know why I feel so bad. And you're like, well, You've uh, gone out drinking four times this week. It's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess I'm kind of... You need to sit closer if you're going to... Yeah, this chair's so comfortable to lean back into. Yeah, I've I've just... I guess I'm quite blunt. Yeah. Maybe you've noticed. Yeah. Are you blunt with everyone else or is it just me? Oh, yeah. 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 Um, What... I don't think you help anyone by, like, just sort of pussyfooting around and, like... I mean, if you care about someone, you need to be honest with them, not just say what you think they might want to hear to make them feel better mm-hmm. like it, it's not going to help anyone you're, you're kind of like you're making yourself feel better because you're sort of you know just being sympathetic but you I mean if you really cared about something you'd tell them what they need to hear not what they want to hear mm-hmm. can you give an example of when you told someone what they need to hear instead of what they want to hear uh, I had a pep talk with my mum a couple of weeks ago yeah so career has been floundering but she's like she's a phd and she's an amazing artist but she keeps sort of self-sabotaging her career so but yeah we had to talk about it i feel like that's a common thing that happens in artist types i know i've seen myself do it where i'll be on a roll and everything will be going fine and then i'll be like great everything's going wonderful now i have to go crawl under a rock for a while and and not be as productive. Do you ever, as a as a creative type as well, do you ever find yourself doing stuff like that? Oh yeah, totally. Like I'm like I, yeah, I'm, I'm very all or nothing. So like, How? I kind of have to make the most of like my manic periods because I know that a crash is probably coming. So how do you pull yourself out of an unproductive rut? 
I mean, the first thing you need to do is recognize that you're in it and you need like you need to recognize your cycle. So if that is how you work, your sort of ups and downs, when you hit a rut, know that you're in a rut and work towards getting it out and don't use the rut as an excuse. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to sort itself out. You need to be proactive about getting yourself out of the rut. Yeah, but what do you do to get out of the rut? Like, do you do you make checklists? Or do you, like, are you someone who's like, okay, today, if I can just answer four emails, that's all I have to do is answer four emails. I think it comes back to goals. So yeah. if I'm in a rut, where do I want to be? Find that goal and then work back from it to mm-hmm. where you are. So if it is, right, I'm in a rut, what do, what do I want to be doing? Okay, this is what I need to do, and I'm... Like again, it's sort of like that's when you really, really have to cultivate discipline because you can't rely on. Like when you're in a manic period, you you're you've got loads of motivation, so it's really easy because you you feel motivated to do it. But when you hit a rut, that's when you really need to cultivate your discipline, mm-hmm. and then that will that momentum will take you out of it. When you're cultivating your own discipline, do you put yourself on a schedule? Like, do you go to the gym? at a certain time every day or do you make sure that you're editing a certain amount of hours a day or shooting or i think the most important thing for me anyway is if you're stuck in a rut is to get up so set a time to get up so like i work freelance so i don't need to be anywhere so i'll get up at nine every day so that's yeah and then you kind of i mean it's easy to if you're in a rut sleep until 12 and then once you get up the whole day is kind of wasted but once you're up at nine then you could waste an hour watching the news or having breakfast and then you've still got most of a day to work. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's important for me anyway to get up and get on with something. Yeah. So if I get up and don't start anything, I can't, I find it really hard to start working in the middle of the day towards the afternoon. Like it just, it throws my whole day out. So I need to get up and start doing something. Yeah. And then that will build momentum and then I'll, I'll sort of get out of it. That's a really good piece of advice. I like it. You're welcome. Thank you. You can have that. I'll start getting up at nine. Will you? (laughs) No. (laughs) I go to bed. Well, no, we go to bed at the same time. I require more sleep. You know what? I make no apologies. I mostly wake up at nine with you, except for the days that I don't, like today. I told you I was going (laughs) to sleep in today, though. When we went to bed, I was like, don't wake me up. I'm sleeping in today. And then the kids came back. And then the kids came back. But I did, like, they started making, we uh, are, the back of the apartment we live in overlooks a school, so there are screaming children early in the morning playing outside, but they started to wake me up about the time I was going to get up anyways, and then you started to play hip-hop music, and it was like, all right, I'm up, you win. Danger Doom's going to release a new album, so I had to check out his old stuff again. Oh, yeah? Are you pretty excited about it? It's pretty cool. Um, cool. Well, Tom, I think we've done all the things. I think, um, we've, we've talked all of, all of your pieces of advice to death. Um, I really like the idea of just setting a simple goal when you're in the rut of just getting up at a certain time, just because then you're up and then by default, you'll wind up doing something. I really like that. A lot. I think that's. Really you need good. to get up and start doing something though, because it's quite easy to get get up and then just watch YouTube. Like you, like okay, so get up and do a thing. Yeah. What is the so? Okay, going back to it, when you're in a rut and you're like, okay, I'm going to get up at nine every day. What is 
after you have your tea in your Union Jack mug, what is the thing that you... Do you have one thing you always work on first? Not really, but, like... Because, I don't know, like, I've got different things I need to do. So if I've got... If I'm working on an edit, then I'll get up and start doing something on that. Or if I need to email someone, get up and get that done. Because mm-hmm. once you've started doing work, it's easy to carry on. But mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be anything specific, but just something work-related. Yeah. As my father always used to say, 90% of life is just showing up. Do you agree with that? What's the other 10%? (laughs) I guess showing up with the right material and being (laughs) prepared. Um, All right, well, do you have anything else that you want to add, Tom? What? (laughs) What did you just mouth to me? Nothing. What did you just say? Nothing. Uh... Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, in that case, thank you so much for being my guest Thanks on Namaste for Bitches. Having me yeah. in the flat. <laughs> You're welcome. In the studio, I mean. You can you <laughs> can stay. Um, uh, just so people know, where can they find your uh, work and your creative stuff? What? Uh... Well, you can find Ravencourt Films on Facebook, mm-hmm. and you can see all the tiny planets there. They look really pretty. Or you can find it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Or you can find me on my website, which is tomwatts.tv. But I'm going to be putting up a new one soon. So, so very I mean, exciting. that'll probably be ravencourt.whatever. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, I usually say I'll talk to you soon, but I'll just continue talking Promise. to you for the rest <laughs> of the day uh, until forever. Alright. Bye. Talk to you later. So that's it. That's Tom Watts. I forgot to get him to give his piece of advice at the end again one more time because I got so giggly. I mean, the guy just, you know, he's he just makes me all Twitter-pated. But his advice was, have a goal and work towards it and stick to it. If you like listening to Tom talk about fitness, you will love what he does in film. So please check out his Facebook group, uh, Ravencourt Films. Check out his website, TomWatts.tv. If you like this podcast, I'd really love it if you went over to iTunes and put in a little rating. That would really mean a lot to me if you did that. And of course, feel free to tell any of your friends about it. And congratulations to everyone doing the Healthy Eating Challenge on the Namaste Bitches Facebook group. I'm really proud of you all. And uh, yeah, have a beautiful day and namaste.